Good morning. This is Lisa Hawkins with Christian Warrior Woman. I want to share something today, especially with my sisters who are struggling with the call, whether it's ministry or a call into starting a business or a call to be healed of sickness or a call to um, stay in a, in a marriage to see it through. I want you to, to listen to this scripture. And this is, you know, the title of this is Who Has Called You to Be Successful? And in Galatians 1, I'm going to read. I'm down a little bit before we have a conversation. Paul, an apostle sent not from men, nor by a man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers and sisters with him, to the churches in Galatia, Excuse me. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we are, even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. And I think this is so appropriate in the age and the era of the church today and of where we go to worship. You know, many of us seek out mega churches, large churches where we can get lost in the shuffle of the thousands of people who come in and out, where we lack accountability, where we can still live according to our own personal gospel and throw a little bit of church in there. And the worry and the fear I have for you, if you, this is how you are living with, in your mind, giving God a token every week of your attention or affection, is that you will be under a curse. And you will see yourself as a person who believes and goes to church, but still is struggling and losing the battle in your finances, in your relationships, and in your, your physical body. The key thing here is who are you going to church for? Are you going to check a box for family member? Or are you going because you want to worship God? And I will say something else that is not your fault is how churches, many of them, not all, are being run today. Run today with being people-pleasing, giving you the motivational speech for the week, thrown in with a rock concert. 
And so in that moment, it feels good. It's funny. We laugh. But when we leave, we don't have that transformation in our life. We leave with the same bags we came to church with. But we left feeling, and this is the deceit and this is the curse, we left feeling that we have done something to please God, that we have checked a box for the week, that, you know, in all of the mess and crap maybe that we have done during the week, excuse my language, that we have now cleansed that. You know, we went, we sang a song, we clapped, we said a couple of amens, but that doesn't transform your life. That is an entertainment activity. That is something you do to bring self-pleasure. But when you sat there and heard that message, did it convict you to change? Did it convict you to repent before God? Did it convict you to say that from this day on, I am going to live with when I rise, I think of Christ. When I go about my day, I have Christ within me. When I have difficulty, I seek the counsel of God in his word and through prayer. If that is not what you are getting, then you are not getting the fellowship of what you need in church today. We're back to just going to people please and You know, shame on the church if that is what they are doing and bringing and offering you every Sunday. We go to many services. There's three or four of them. But I ask you, is God there? Because when God and Jesus shows up, everything changes. People change. The service change. When someone has a scripted service, God doesn't work within the scripts of man. He doesn't work within the time frame of man. So in that hour, you could need a second from God and your life can be changed. But if he's not present, his power is not there. And we're going through a form and we're going through actions to get emotions from people, to get their money and to get their support. But are we getting the transformation? Because I would say... If you went to a service and your life was transformed and your finances were changed and your life had shifted to success and power, they wouldn't have to ask you for an offering. If God was within you, he would make you what? That generous giver. And so I ask you today to question where you fellowship. I ask you to question Are you getting that transformative power that the Holy Spirit and the Lord wants to do in your life to shape shape you, to shift you into a powerful woman? Is your marriage struggling and can it be changed when you change? Can your children and your household be changed when you have the wisdom that's in the word and in your prayer time with God? I ask you today to take this scripture of Galatians 1 and examine your life today. Do you wake up with God? Do you go to sleep knowing that God is for you? We have to have confidence to succeed. As I mentioned, I think we can all agree we live in an evil world with evil people 
We don't know when we go to work if there's going to be a terrorist or a shooter or someone who is um, lost mentally that'll come upon our children, will come upon our home. And this isn't being said to give you fear. It's being said that this is our reality today. So our reality for ourselves personally is that we have to be sure what we believe, who we serve, so that when we go out into the world, we're confident that whether we return or whether we are a hero that day, that we are, as the last few words that I mentioned in verse 10, a servant of Christ. We have to wake up and we have to allow ourselves to be silent when, when the enemy tries to engage us in being argumentative, in bitter thoughts, in jealousy and envy and resentment and regret. We have to choose that behavior, but we can't choose it if it's not instilled within us. So I challenge you in your journal today is to write out what your life right now, how you're living your life, that you could say confidently that I am a servant of Christ. And if you don't have things that make you feel confident in that, then I challenge you today to find a place that will help you be confident. It doesn't have to be a big, fancy building. It can be a small group. It can be a Bible study group. Knowing the word is like food for your soul. And we must have it daily to be confident, to be powerful, and to overcome the challenges that hit us every day, emotionally and physically. So I pray today that you choose to live as a servant. You choose not to people please, but you choose to please God. And I'm going to give you a story that's an example of how this happened to me. I'm going to try to make this quick. I was joining a prophetic team at a ministry, and it's an area that the Lord has truly blessed me in. And so before joining the team, they asked me to give a word to the person who would be the leader over the group that I would be on. And there were other, the other, my other future team members were present as well. And so I prayed to ask the Lord what would be the word that I would bring forth to reveal his gift within me. And I got the word homosexuality. Well, this minister in front of me that I knew was married with children, uh, Lord, that can't be the word. I wanted another word. And so I'm sure they could tell I was starting to feel a little tense. So I prayed again to myself. I said to them, give me a second. And I turned my back. And meanwhile, I'm probably inside saying, Lord, another word, please. And I'm like, I'm praying and the Lord says to me again, you need to talk to him about homosexuality. So then I'm like, oh my gosh, I'll never be on this team. What kind of 
the enemy must be warring against me or filling my head with something. Maybe I'm nervous. I started thinking about what could be wrong, why I keep hearing this word. So I said, I'm going to go to my Bible. I opened my Bible to a highlighted scripture about homosexuality. And I have on the page written in the Bible, homosexuality with an arrow to this scripture. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I didn't even, I just opened the Bible. I didn't like look for a scripture. I just opened it to begin to find a scripture. And that word was there again. So now, by now, people are realizing I'm acting nervous. I'm acting tense. And the leader says, Lisa, just release the word. And I'm like, I I just don't know if I can um, do this. And he's like, just release the word. And I say to him before I start, I apologize in advance for what I'm about to say. And I may understand that this may make me not qualified or whatever for this um, team. But I'm going to share this with you. And I share that the Lord stated that you need to um, share um, the subject of homosexuality. All of a sudden, the person I'm, I say this to, the leader, he is so excited and elated and and like, wow, like you are like uh, the messenger of God. And I'm standing there like, what, what, what? What is he talking about? I'm waiting for him to like be upset. And he was like, it's you. And I said, what? I don't understand. And he says to me, you don't know my testimony. I said, no. He was like, this is the answer I've been waiting for. And he explained an hour earlier. This is Lisa Hawkins with Christian Warrior Woman to continue with part two of Servant of God or. So the the leader is all excited about the word I've given. And so when he says to me that you don't know my testimony, I say, no, I, I don't know your testimony. And I'm literally I don't know if I'm physically shaking, but I'm like, um, I felt like I was in a twilight zone. Zone. How could this be something good? You're married with children, and I'm telling you something about homosexuality. And he says to me that in my today, literally an hour before I tell, told him this, that he had received an invitation to speak at a major conference in San Francisco about how God brought him out of the lifestyle of homosexuality. And he was struggling with if he wanted to put his wife and children through entering into this conversation. And he had prayed to God to give him a sign that he should make. He should take this invitation and his family and go speak at this conference that's getting international attention. And so when I shared this word, he felt in his body and in his spirit that it was God. Meanwhile, he could see that I was 
like concerned about sharing it. But for me, what was so eye-opening about that experience was what was I struggling with? I already knew that I heard from God. I knew I had had a lot of experience with prophetic words. And in many cases, if you've ever done prophetic training, most ministries force you or really focus on giving good words. They want to give a word that exalts, encourages, and inspires. And the Lord has given me those words on many occasions. But on other occasions, he has given me words of warning and of counsel or advice. But not until he gave me this word that I was like in that choice of, oh gosh, this is going to be in front of all these people. This is going to embarrass him. This is going to embarrass me. And I stopped for a moment and thought about people pleasing, right? And in the scripture that I just shared with you, who am I a servant of? In that moment, when he looked at me and said, just share what the Lord has given you, I had to make a choice. And I've seen other believers make this choice as well. Do I share what would be safe and what would be comfortable and what would make everyone else happy? Or do I share what the Lord has given me? And in that moment, my choice was either I have this gift or I don't. But if I know the Lord's voice and if I know the voice of my shepherd and I hear it often and I don't, exercise the word he has given me, then I am speaking my own words. And for me, that would then be blaspheme, a curse, and that would be totally the opposite of pleasing God. So for me, it was, okay, this is who I am. And this is the limb that I'm going to stand on. And when I heard his testimony about what he was waiting for, it was so God showing me that he gives words, that word did encourage, that word did exalt. But I was trying to make the judgment of what that word would mean to him. And I want to tell you, this is such an important point, whether you're in ministry or whether you're at the job, wherever you are. When God gives you a word to share with someone, you don't have to have a prophetic title. You don't have to have anything but to hear God, to know God. And I will tell you, because of this um, leader going and speaking and sharing his story, it led to further blessings that I sit back and I am excited to know I was a part of. He later, because of his sharing his story, he wound up on TBN. He wound up on TV. He wound up with an album because he sang as well and was a musician. His family was blessed because of this. A book, um, I, I believe a book came after that. But the bottom line 
it exalted his ministry to a new level. That is what we want to do as believers in Christ. We want to impact other people's lives. Now, he doesn't need to come back to tell me what God has done. I see and I witness what God has done and how God used me in a moment of weakness to let me see his blessing. So what does that do for me? It gives me confidence to seek God more, to hear God more, to pray for pray for more giftings from the Lord. I hope this story encourages you to know that those areas where you struggle and doubt and worry and fear, the enemy is trying to blind you to your gift of success and helping others succeed. You were born to help others have breakthroughs at the job, in their health, in their marriage, in their single life, in children. And isn't it time that you were brave enough and had courage enough to say, I'm going to hear God and I'm going to be used of God this day and every day forward. Make every day you wake up a day that you will choose to impact lives. I bless you. I thank God for you. And I pray that every word that you've heard in this two-part podcast brings you transformation in your faith and in your life and in your daily walk as a believer. Amen. Be blessed. Good day. This is Lisa Hawkins for Christian Warrior Woman. Sorry I haven't um, been with you for the last two days. It's probably been about a day from a recording standpoint. I had this bad cold in my throat and everything. I was trying to talk and coughing and carrying on, but God is good. And I am back and I'm going to make it through this recording today because it is very important. So first thing is, you know, find a space where you can reflect. Um, I hope you have your journal. And we're going to talk about one area that definitely multiplies and rebounds to bring you personal harm, and that is anger. So I pray that the Lord opens your mind to areas in your life where anger might have a stronghold. And we start with anger, but it doesn't end there, which is ugly. And we can see some of the stems and branches that can come back and go out from us due to anger. So I'm going to start with this scripture in Ephesians 4.26. We'll start out with, In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. 27. And do not give the devil a foothold. So before I move on, I want to give an example And I'm sure one may come to your mind about in your anger, do not sin. I'm going to use relationships because this one is pretty key and common to get. Um, Have you ever met a woman or maybe you've had this happen to you where a spouse or someone you're dating um, cheats on you? 
And I know a woman in particular who had her husband do this to her. And so she thought, oh, okay, you want to cheat on me? We could both play this game. And so what did she do? She went out and cheated. But guess what? She got pregnant. And to everyone else, it looked like she was the person who was wrong in the marriage. And to everyone, she was the scarlet letter woman. But no one knew that she had dealt with a husband because he had no evidence. And so I see this as as an obvious one that you can see that in your anger, we do things. I'll give an example if you um, watch that movie Waiting to Exhale with um, Whitney Houston and Angela Bassett and her husband is leaving her for another woman in the movie. And what does she do? And I will have to say, I have kind of those tendencies of ripping up stuff. That's all I'm going to say. You'll have to find out in the next book. But in any way, in the movie, she puts all of his things in his car and burns up all his stuff. So why, why do you think those things happen? Because something painful happened and anger was raging, correct? And whether it's a spouse cheating, whether it's, I've also seen, you know, a manager um, fire someone and then that person winds up beating up the manager and then security has to be called and that person winds up in jail. So anger always leads to us doing something that we're going to regret And that's going to make the situation escalate. But in the end, what have we done? We've given the devil, we've opened the door because it says, and do not give the devil a foothold. Now the enemy, because we're enraged and we're angry. And in that moment, our actions and our behaviors become out of control. And when we're out of control, not only do we do things, But we can create an atmosphere where other people become out of control. So, for example, you can be angry at your spouse. He gets angry back. Then it escalates into a fight. Then your neighbors hear what's going on and they call the police and the police come. And we know these days police can shoot first, ask questions later. And all this might have started because someone was angry that someone ate their meal in the freezer. So... It's not always simple, but in a way it is when you look back at where it escalated to. And then you look, well, where did this begin? Where it began was in something simple that we became angry about, that we felt that we were done wrong. And what is the best place to go? So let me give you a clue in step one. When you are burning in anger or upset about something, the last thing you want to do is confront that person or confront the situation right then. You want to give yourself, give yourself 24 hours. So promise yourself that when someone sets you off, that you don't just release your emotions. You can't live in your emotions or your life will be a wreck. So step one. When we're angry, 
then we release all of that emotional stuff you're feeling. If you're like me, I can't even sleep at night until I like get this out. And two things help with getting how to release anger. Writing in a journal. That's why you have it in front of you. Or in crying out to God about what you're angry about and and asking him to bring relief to your emotions, bring peace to your spirit, bring peace to your mind, and maybe have a cup of calamine tea with some honey and lemon to help that as well. Or maybe go running or do something physical to release all of that pent up frustration and emotions that's with inside. Make sense? It's so important to know how to deal with our emotions. And we, we do this with our children, especially when they're young. Excuse me, we try to teach them how to deal with it. But believe it or not, as adults, we need to learn that as well. So if we go down to um, verse 29 in Ephesians 4, 29, it says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So I'm sure every person listening to this has been guilty of unwholesome talk. And if you don't know what unwholesome talk is, trust me, you've had unwholesome talk. Unwholesome talk could be gossiping. Unwholesome talk could be cussing somebody out. Unwholesome talk could be anger when you're expressing and criticizing someone. Unwholesome talk can be um, slandering and and brawling and, and, and tearing someone else down. We all know what unwholesome talk is. So one, let's get rid of gossip. And two, when we look at someone, let's not think to tear them down. Ladies, especially, we, you know, look at women and maybe they're attractive. Maybe they have a nice shape. And but we have to find something negative. Oh, that dress might be nice, but those shoes, they look horrible. Or she's wearing too much makeup. Or I don't like her. Or her hair is not real. We find something to say that is not accurate. And my brother used to always say, when he used to hear women so critical of, um, or maybe my sisters or family members and, and mom and, and sisters critical of someone's look, my brother used to always say this, and this will make you laugh. He used to always say, have you looked in the mirror lately? Like, you know, when you're criticizing someone for how they're trying to project and, and be positive in their life, Have you looked at your own life? Before you talk about someone else, as they say, pull the moat out of your word, not what they say, what the word says, pull the moat out of your own eye first. Okay, so verse 30. Sorry, verse 31. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. All of these things are related. So when we have bitterness, what's bitterness from? Bitterness from something we felt an injustice done to us or bitter that maybe we didn't get married at the age that we expected to or we didn't get the job we expected to 
or our health isn't what we expected it to. It's always something that we already had that we believe we deserve. That's why we're bitter, right? Because something bad happened to us and that should not have happened. The rage. I've I've had what I would say my anger has turned into had turned into rage when I literally felt uncontrolled because I was so angry and and if you ever seen anyone enraged they're shaking and all kinds of health issues can happen with rage. And some people live in this space. They live in this space of being bitter. We've all seen people who you could just say one thing to them and you know they're a bitter person. Nothing is good when you talk to them. They're very negative. These are not women that we want to be. And if we know women like this, we need to pray a breakthrough over their lives. So I want to ask you today in your journal, what are you holding on that is linked to bitterness? Or if something's mentioned can send you into rage. Maybe it's something about Maybe it's even, let's say, if you're African-American, maybe it's a, a racial slur or something someone says can, you know, race you into that emotion. Or maybe if someone says something about your weight or one of your children, what are things that can easily trigger you? Because I will tell you, if you're easily triggered, the enemy already knows how to bring those circumstances in your life to get you off your goals. And so you want to list the things that normally trigger you. What are the things that you're still holding on to in the area of anger? Anger, bitterness, those are all areas where forgiveness is needed. And so if you're saying, how do I break through being bitter? Maybe I'm divorced and maybe my husband is living this great life and I'm struggling with my children, and so I'm angry. And I'm angry every day, but how does that make life better for your children? How does that, how does that bring prosperity to your life, not only from people that are around you who deal with this bitter woman every day, but also <clears throat> how does what someone did who was out of your life How are you still letting them project to continue to damage your future? You see, we spend so much time worrying about what someone did to us or what they owe us or what they should uh, maybe ask our forgiveness for. And maybe we should be focused on, thank God for removing them out of my life. That where would my life What trajectory, where would I be headed if they were still in my life? Where would I be emotionally? Where would I be spiritually? Where would my low and my self-esteem be if I was still with that person? Maybe we should be doing a dance of praise and thanking God that although today it may appear that we're lonely, but we're in a healthier place. We're in a stronger place than we were prior Excuse me. So I want you to think about what's the good news in your situation and focus on that in the journal. So the word says, get rid. I want you today 
to get rid of anything that you're holding on to from your past that is hindering your future, your success, your joy, and your relationship with your children and your promotions at your job. Because when you have bitterness and you have anger, people smell it on you. They feel it on you and it comes out in your words and through your tongue. So I pray today that you break off the spirit of bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice, and that you allow Jesus Christ to bring peace, to bring confidence, to bring wholeness to that place that is wounded within you. It doesn't matter if you've had it for 30 years, 20 years, or 50 years. What does matter is that you can give it to God today and say, I no longer want to be an angry woman. I no longer want to be a bitter woman. I want to be a woman that is filled with love, joy, peace, and has a relationship with God that is growing and bearing fruit for not only myself, but for the purpose that God has put me on this earth to produce. It's time to look forward for your fruit, not look back for stale veggies and and vegetables. No, it's time for a harvest, a harvest of a new life with joy and peace. That is what I send you today. In the mighty name of Jesus, be a woman of purpose, but be filled with joy. Amen.